Broadcasting from the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia to around the globe. You're listening to Shark Bite Biz, your exclusive place for business strategy, sales, marketing, and tech in the roaring 20s. And now, here's your host, David Strausser. I'm your glamorous host, David Strausser, and it's time for another rockstar-filled edition of Shark Bite Biz, your place to learn how to grow business during complete chaos. Y'all know me by now. I love music. I love guitars. It motivates me and gives me that warm and fuzzy feeling. The thing is, look, some of these stories that we've had on here, you know, all these rock stars that we've had on in the past, these are stories about rock stars and the music industry and stuff like that. But the story that is being told is pretty solid advice for regular business folks like you and me. It transfers over that experience, that advice to our industries, and it's very much applicable to us. So we're hearing some solid business advice, but coming from a rock star makes the story so much more fun, doesn't it? (laughs) So that's exactly what today's episode is all about. We have a guest that ended up making it because he took a chance. His path to stardom wasn't the path that he or his band was envisioning. It was literally a small little side opportunity that just presented itself And guess what? Dude jumped on it, and it changed his whole career path. And it ended up being one of the most popular songs created since 2000. This is a story about making the most of your opportunities wherever you're at when they present themselves. And then you have to remember that the path that gets you to your end goal may be totally different than you ever imagined. So, who's today's guest? None other than the lead singer of the rock band 12 Stones, Paul McCoy. Paul has been a big part of the music business for almost 20 years. He is most commonly known for his vocals in the hit song, Bring Me to Life, by the band Evanescence. So without further ado, I present to you Mr. Wake Me Up Guy himself, Mr. Paul McCoy. Creative and innovation tips. Hey, Paul, welcome to Shark Pipe. It's so glad to have you here. My pleasure, man. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, no problem. So obviously, I know who you are, the rock star that you are. But why don't you tell all of our listeners and our viewers that might not recognize just the name itself, who are you? Sure. Yeah. Uh, my name is Paul McCoy. I sing for the rock band 12 Stones. Uh, we've been around since 2001. I also did a guest vocal feature on uh, the song Bring Me to Life by the band Evanescence, uh, commonly known as the Wake Me Up guy. So uh, there's a little bit of backstory <laughs> on, on my behalf. You know, that that that's amazing. I mean, how did that all come about? I mean, do you mind telling the story a little bit? Yeah, no problem. Um, we happened to be on the same record label uh, back in, we got signed in 2001. And so we were on a, 
uh, Wind Up Records, and we were mm-hmm. there, and uh, we, we had put a record out already, and uh, we were in the office doing a meeting with some of the people at Wind Up, and they played us a demo of this song called Bring Me to Life, and they had whatever producer was working on it at the time kind of did a variation of the part I ended up doing, and they're like, we're looking for somebody, you know, that does rap rock to do this part, you know, and they named a bunch yeah. of big name people. And I jokingly said, well, hey, if you can't find anybody famous to do it, I'll do it. And a few <laughs> weeks later, I got a phone call asking if I was serious. And I was like, yeah, of course. I want to be on every record, you know. So <laughs> they flew me out to L.A. I tracked a song in a few hours, my part. And then I flew back to Texas to meet up with my band uh, to join the Seven Dust Tour. So kind of just flew wow. in, flew out, just made one comment. And it, and it turned into uh you know they sold oh yeah records that that's amazing hindsight is 2020 but it sounds like he definitely made the right choice yeah right on (laughs) so i mean what kind of when you get a big break like this and this is why i really kind of love bringing on somebody like you uh because i mean that that's got to be a huge break that happened you know how many years ago did that come out my mind's foggy 2002 2002 that's what i was going to say like it, it was early 2000s but that's still i mean your band started 2001 i think you said that that had to have opened up doors for you like been a huge break with how smashing of a hit that song is yeah it was uh it was it was unexpected and and it went a long way for us as 12 stones you know a lot of people uh had never heard of 12 stones a lot of people still haven't heard of 12 stones which is you know to be honest that's totally fine we're, we're used to that but uh, they but, know the wake me up guy right but they know the wake me up guy so like we're not when people ask me like they'll see my tattoos and stuff they're like oh are you in a band and i'm like yeah i sing for a band called 12 stones they're like i haven't heard of it i'm like i sang on bring me to life they're like oh wake me up you know so like <laughs> we ended up getting i got to go on the jay leno show with them and perform yeah uh i won a grammy in 2003 because of that song so it opened up a lot of doors that otherwise wouldn't have been there necessarily um, without taking a chance and, and it was the first song they ever released so nobody knew it wasn't like they had a built-in mm-hmm. audience they didn't have a crowd no one knew them they just had the right song at the right time and uh very very humble and appreciative to be a part of that yeah you know, there's a couple different things there that are going through my head and one of them is first off i mean dude you won a Grammy. That's pretty amazing right there. Um, you know, how does that feel, though, that you won it for the, the side project compared to, you know, like 12 Stones? Is it still like, hey, dude, it's a Grammy? Or like, is there any anything that way? Or am I just looking at this word? Uh, you know, it to me, it's like it was the one of the biggest accomplishments for me musically. Uh, you know, it's a big honor. And I was like, man, it's a Grammy. I wanna. I was able to be a part of something uh, that that will forever be remembered. You know that that will yeah. always be in the record books as this year this Grammy was won by this. Right. Year. So, and that's something I can always cling on to and, and have. Um, and you know, obviously, I would have loved to have shared that excitement and that feeling with the rest of my guys in Twelve Stones, mm-hmm. but. Um, you know, sometimes things don't work out the way we want. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy yeah. that I, I got to do it. I would have loved to have had that moment, but I'm happy that I You're had right. it, it just in You all. seized the moment. You seized the moment that you did have. And while as you won the Grammy, I mean, you know, it still helped 12 Stones. I mean, it still helped the band generally from what you did. It's not like they were just out in the street. And I think 
that I, I try to bring up that point because in business, a lot of things that people do, they don't have maybe a direct effect, but they have that indirect effect where it really helps bring up everybody else around them too. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like I said, it was the right, right move. And, and I was very fortunate and, you know, to be in that, that place at that time to, to make those things happen. Cause any of the other bigger named artists other than myself that heard the song or that were offered the song, if they would have taken it, I would, I probably wouldn't still be sitting here. So, uh, you know, right. It just worked out the right way for me. And I tried to use that and help promote the band that I'm, you know, I'm most proud of, you know, and it's something that's my baby that I've been a part of for almost 20 years now. So now that's awesome. That's awesome. You know, and, and really congrats just because I mean, it, it's a life achievement. If I, if someone would give me a Grammy for my guitar playing skills, I'd be thrilled, but uh, have about another decade away from that. Right on. So, with with it though i mean as you go through first off fandom questions i have to ask do you like when you play with 12 sounds i mean do you play that song at all ever no no that's uh no no that you know you'll have the occasional person that asks for us to do it but i mean that's a moment that i had with another band that's you know it's their moment you keep and, it separate yeah oh yeah and that that band is uh i've been able to play with evanescence and do that song a couple of times now uh, as recently as a year or two ago, uh, they came Ooh. to New Orleans where I was living at the time and mm-hmm. I got to bring my daughter who's in high school and she got to film it. So I posted that on our social media and, and people were like, Oh, that's crazy, man. You know? So like, it, you know, I, I get to live those moments separately from what I do on a daily basis. That's cool. And it, it's gotta be special, not just for you as the wake me up guy but also i mean for the fans to see them there with you know the the original singer of that part because it's not something that happens you know like every single tour then so those moments got to be ultra special yeah it's great because I, i know for like the last five or more years they don't even do that part in the live set anymore so um mm. when i when i was out there the videos that i have seen of them the crowd does my part, which is always a really cool feeling to know, like, yeah, the crowd knows what's supposed to be there. So they do the part and then that lets Amy open up and do all her stuff. Um, so oh, you're irreplaceable, Paul. <laughs> my, mom, my mom tells me that, so, you know, uh, but uh, when I do go out on stage, the times that I have done it, I, I wait the first section of my part out kind of backstage and then I hear right. the crowd screaming it and then on the second chorus I come strutting out there and all of a sudden you you can just hear the people like gasp and be like oh it's him that's the guy <laughs> you know and I've obviously gained some some pounds since uh you know my yeah my, yeah my early 20s, oh same so. here <laughs> but uh but yeah it's it's really cool feeling to see everybody just be like oh that's the dude so it, that's cool yeah no that that that's got to be you know there is a simple solution to fix this you know you guys tour together and you play that song during the encore right right. there problem solved i asked yesterday on social (laughs) media if we could do if you could imagine anybody any artist doing a feature on a 12 stone song who would it be and so many people were like bring amy lee back and i'm like well we already did that let's let's see what else we can do like we know how well that did that did very well Uh, so yeah yeah. new 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 territory i think that's one thing a lot of people and i you know you and i I think we're pretty close in age not too far apart 
But I, I think that a lot of people our age, they like to live in the past too much, you know? Just because it was good 20 years ago doesn't mean you have to do it again. Search for something new, right. innovation, creativity. Yeah, let's be creative. Let's see what else is out there. You know, I had some people say some really what I thought in the moment is obscure options, you know? And I was like, mm -hmm. why wouldn't that work? If Ozzy can do a song with Post Malone, you know, why, why can't? Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, why can't we? Hey, get a, get Steven, Steven Tyler, Joe Perry, man. You know, those two, they're my idols. There you go. Let's get, you know what I mean? Like why, what's weird about that? You can have all these other artists work together and help each other. I'm open to whatever. I like the collaborations. Obviously it's worked for me in the past. So. Oh yeah, I, I would, if I was in your shoes, I'd be a hundred percent for him as well too. Right. So what other, you know, you say about collaborations and, you know, we, we talk so much business and business news, tech, stuff like that on the show. I love to do episodes like you because we're going to talk about the business side of music in a second. But in the meantime, you know, we get to ask some of these really cool, fun rock and roll questions. I mean, what other bands you've already mentioned seven dust, but what other bands have you kind of opened with any, other major acts? Any and all rock bands from the 2000s we've been on tour wow. with at some point. I mean, uh, Three Doors Down, Creed. Oh, yeah. Was, Creed was a big one we did a bunch of times. Uh, Nickelback, like I said, Seven Dust. Uh, uh, we got to do... You're, uh, are you trying to get people to turn off the interview? <laughs> oh, <I'm kidding. laughs> no know. Nickelback jokes here. I like Nickelback. Hey, you know, everybody hates Nickelback except for the 40,000 people that go to their show every night. So right, you know, they can exactly. laugh all the way to the bank. I think they, they, they found their gimmick and it's working just fine for them. I don't think they have... Oh, yeah, yeah. It, who stands out for you then out of the bands that you've opened for? Who stands out for any reason? Uh, Seven Dust is always the first one that comes to my mind because they were the band that when we were 19 and we went from playing a, few, a handful of shows in front of friends and family for 40 people to opening mm -hmm. up arenas for Creed and Seven Dust playing for 40,000 mm -hmm. people. And every night, it didn't matter. Somebody from Seven Dust was on the side of the stage watching us and helping us. Like We were young and green and didn't know what mm -hmm. we were doing. And every night we'd finish, one of them would pull us aside and be like, man, that was great think about this tomorrow. You know, if you go over on this side of the stage, the people that are on the other side, they don't have, you can't have everybody on one side of the stage, you know, make sure there's always a section of the stage covered and we're just wide eyed and taking notes and like, Oh, okay, great. So like, <laughs> for me as a young artist, when I was coming up, it was the bands like seven dust that, and I've heard so many right. other bands have the same, same story that the seven dust boot camp. you know, you go out there and that's a band's band. Those are the guys that, aren't egotistical they have great music great energy live but they're they care about the whole genre they care about the whole you know all the bands right. beneath them coming up and that's just one of the you know they i i've heard that story about seven dust a few times and that's where if i could relate to seven i, mean, I like a couple songs i seven does i'm not a huge huge fan but i really do respect them and i think as as time goes on I respect bands like that even more. Like, for example, who I'm going to mention is Alice Cooper. Uh, you know, go back to the 90s, stuff like that. I really didn't respect him as much. Like, yeah, he's got a hit or two I like. But then as time went on, I really started falling in love with, with Alice Cooper as I learned. Because I've heard that he does that same thing. You know, he, he cares about the industry. He tries to help people up, lift people up, works with them to mature them. And it sounds like Seven does does essentially the same thing. Yeah, another one was uh, Kid Rock. Like, I was friends with a lot of his cool wow. guys, and 
he not only plays every instrument, but he uh, he's very hands on and he takes care of his crew, which is, uh, you know, most people don't understand how much goes into having a good crew mm-hmm. behind the bands. You know, like you got to have the guys that can set it up, can make sure that you're always in tune and looking and feeling great and sounding great. And I, I knew a few guys that worked for Kid Rock and they said that he was like the nicest, most down to earth guy takes his whole crew out steak dinners and, and treats them oh wow show them how much he appreciates them and I, I think a lot of times you know rock stars get that that i you know that image of you know unapproachable and you know mysterious right. and you know unobtainable and it's not you know some of my favorite artists that i've been able to work with are the ones that are down to earth that would give you the shirt off their back and they're always the most unassuming ones you know you see you see right. Kid rock you know strutting like he's you know a bad man but ends up being the nicest guy you know so for me that story was uh angus young you know i, I met angus young after a show in inglewood um we walked uh, like down the street it's like a block away went to popeye's chicken and, and out comes a van with brian johnson and angus young like they just pull up to this popeye's chicken after the sh- it's like an hour <laughs> after the show yeah. hop out of the van and we're like Oh my God, you know, <laughs> awesome. there's ACDC and, you know, we're talking like they're there for 20 minutes, you know, they didn't even go into line or anything yet. They're just, they're talking like regular people that, uh, you know, I'm like, you two are not just legends. I mean, you guys are rock gods. Your yeah. music's amazing. And I, I remember hearing them like, Oh, thank you, mate. You know, and they're giving me a big hair hug. I'm like, holy yeah. shit. I just got a huge bear hug from Agus Young and Brian Johnson. Like, yeah, awesome. it was total polar opposite than the badass persona that you see on TV, you yeah. know, or in the, in the, on the shows, I guess you could say. I learned very early on to be approachable and to be humble and to be a fan of music. Like, for me, I got started so young that. Mm-hmm. when i would go on tour with these big bands i would just be in awe and i'm like and they would come up and talk to me and i would just stand there like what do i do you know mark tremont's talking <laughs> to me right now and i think he's a fantastic guitar player and even better human being as i've gotten to know him over the years and you know it would still blow my mind for years and years every time i would be walking around somewhere near a venue that we were playing and somebody would come mm-hmm. up and just be like looking at me the way i was looking at people and i'm like it's cool. What's up? You know, let's have a conversation. Let's talk. And, and, and then they're just like, I can't believe like, will you sign something? And I'm like, man, I'm, I'm weirded out that you want me to sign something, you know? So like, <laughs> I'm still getting used to like seeing the look in that person's eyes that I had in my eyes, looking at, you know, my idols and people that I looked up to. And so it always made me feel humble and appreciative of the position that I've been given in life to to look to be able to see that look in somebody's face right waited outside just to get me to sign their shoe or something you know what i mean it's like yeah that's Mm -hmm. that's cool so yeah no that that that's great and i think that's a real real good perspective you know to have not just in music as a, a rock star but also in life as general i think sometimes even in business you know say you're your sales rep you're hitting a couple home runs you know you get a little bit arrogant that it's like come on bud let's bring it back down to earth here oh yeah for sure. so 
Yeah. So let's transition a little bit because I don't know if you know, but there's this global pandemic thingy going on. Right. <laughs> yeah. Did you see that on the news at all lately? I heard it. Yeah, I heard. I heard about that. <laughs> yeah, and I think you know it, it's been very tough for uh, people in creative type industries. The music industry is something I focus on a lot because it's a personal passion of mine. I got a cabillion guitars in my house, amps. My wife sings. It's so it's an area that I love talking about. Plus the the you know the music fandom aspect of it. How has the pandemic hit artists like you? Um, for us, we were always a band that, that uh, made our living off of doing shows and playing live, right? Um, and having that personal interaction with our friends and fans. Uh, in the right. last probably four or five years, we've slowed down tremendously on our live shows just well before the pandemic anyway, just getting older. And, you know, I live in Nashville now. The rest of the guys still live outside of New Orleans. Uh, so it becomes harder to get five almost 40-year-old guys into a minivan, you know, to, to drive. Like, I'm just, I'm older now, you know, like. Back when I started and I was 19, you could have put me on the floor. I would have slept in a right. tub over and over. But now as, as, as we get a little older, those kind of priorities shift. So it's been it's been hard to kind of watch as we don't have that outside interaction. You know, we've had shows get canceled and we want to play the shows. But when we go to, you know, t talk about it, then it looks like we're endangering people if we go ahead with the show right. and if we don't then it's like oh you guys are canceled and so it's not really a win-win for anybody um mm -hmm. but there, there's had to been adaptations like i basically took all this downtime to rebrand this band and uh got the website redesigned put back up i i invested all that my that's actually amazing i'll tell you out of all the experts that we've had on this show Essentially, every single one of them, and I reinforce this essentially every episode because it comes up right now, is use this time to rebrand, to recreate your business, your image, you know, to get more in touch, you know, take advantage of this extra time. Right. I mean, we, that's all we have right now is time. So if we don't use it wisely, then it's just a complete waste of every, mm -hmm. every you know, aspect. So I basically re rebuilt the website, had it redesigned. Um, I ordered all brand new merch paid for myself, um, mm -hmm. part of that creative process. And then when I got them, the designs in, I called my girlfriend's daughter and had her come out here and I went and took pictures myself, uh, did the photo shoot myself of her wearing the, the female line. And tomorrow morning I have another photo shoot scheduled with another friend of mine that is going to model all the, the men's clothing. So like I'm literally <laughs> doing everything from taking the pictures to editing them to doing live streaming to like, every, everything we can think I'm selling. I'll text you my address. I'll help you with some of the, the modeling. If you need someone to throw hey. on some uh, shirts. <laughs> Absolutely, man. That's, that's, what, that's what I'm at. So I'm just, I'm basically just kind of taking on as much as I can take on. And the things I don't know, I look up, I have time to, to ask mm -hmm. questions and, I made enough connections over the years where I can, I can say, Hey, uh, can you tell me how this works or show me how this works? And I've started doing promo videos for the new songs. I've right. learned how distribution and all that works. So it's actually oh, yeah. been a blessing for me to have all this mandatory downtime 
because I'm forced into learning something that, um, you know, I didn't know. In, in previous years, uh, I drank like a fish and partied harder than yeah. most people, but I've been sober two years. So now having this clarity. Congratulations. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, now to have this little bit of sober clarity and have no shows to go do, no distractions, I'm able to really focus and see all the aspects of the business side that I never right. paid attention to because in my that, mind, that, that's what to. I was about to say. It, it sounds like you're instead of just being in a bed, you know, seeing where this ride goes, you're now managing your band as an actual business. You're learning your process flows, you're learning, hey, this, 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 this equals that, and how to make sense of all of that. Do you think that you were missing that beforehand? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, all I cared about in the past was that hour-long time that we were on the stage in a, mm -hmm. you know, on the performing and the party before and after. You know, I I had a record label that did all the business stuff. I had managers that right. did this and did that. I didn't concern myself with the things that mattered the most because I was unaware of how important it actually was to know and do those things. Uh, and now right. we've gone completely independent. So I don't have a choice. If I want to be successful in any, any aspect, I have to know how to do it myself and you know, reach out for help in the things that I can't do all. But like I, from everything I answer, pretty much any person on social media, I, I mm -hmm. personally respond to. Um, I, I'm selling handwritten lyrics. People can pick whatever 12 stone song they like and I'll hand right. them and, and ship them out myself. I'm doing every... How many, days. sorry, how many wake me up requests do you get? Uh, I actually have only gotten two requests for that as a joke okay. from people that I know. And then they, 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 okay. they knew the answer to that one. So yeah, <laughs> that's fun, funny. That's a handful of funny requests. You know, and what you're, what you're saying is, uh, I, I, I know, you know, I, I assume, you know, the band, the verb pipe. So we've had Brian Vanderark on here and I'm pretty close with him and, he gave me a great view. And a lot of it is exactly what you're, you're saying. Like, hey, I'm selling handwritten lyrics. You know, I'm having virtual meeting greets, virtual, hey, you know, put me in a Zoom call for your household shindig and I'll play a song for you all. You know, I'll, I'll listen to your music, you know, send me your song, your demo tape. I'll listen, and I'll critique it, you know, things like that, that, you know, before this, ego or other things like that wouldn't allow people like that to actually do it right i mean with technology the way it is these days everyone is accessible more so than ever. oh yeah you know i mean you can get they have apps cameo and all these things where you can pay a substantial mm -hmm. amount of money and get somebody from star trek to sing you happy birthday if you want you know it's like there's no there's no uh anonymity or mystery to artists or celebrities these days it seems like mm -hmm. everybody's had to find a way to adapt and become more accessible to stay relevant because the attention mm -hmm. span of the average person is that of a goldfish and you know right. I, I can tell you 25 times i got this 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 is happening i can post a video with neon flashing lights it says on this date this will happen and it never right. fails there will be someone in the comments that says oh when is this happening you know, and it's like watching <laughs> a neon right, up, right above when you wrote that question, you know, so it's like you have to constantly be evolving and, and be hungry just to try to stay relevant.
So with your, you know, you, you're, you're saying the distribution aspects of the business. I, I assume that you're talking about merchandise, stuff like that. The like your shirt sales, like how to handle that. Is that what you're discussing? That and uh, even digital like music sales, you know, there's so many yeah. different channels that you can sell your music these days mm -hmm. and keeping up with it. You know, it's more than just uploading it and being like, all right, let's wait for the check to come in. You know, there's there's all <laughs> kinds of different apps that require different, you know, parameters for you to, to fill in and before they'll, they'll accept it. And oh, yeah, and trying to keep track of where where everything is. It's a nightmare. I have a, a black and white marble composition notebook that is just, it looks like a psychopath's ramblings because I'm just, I flip yeah. through and I write sideways on this page, something that I need to remember. And I have it like, but I know where everything is in the notebook. So like I I'm learning, there's a million different websites I have to go to every day, to make mm -hmm. sure things are, you know, I found out once I started doing all this business that some of our previous records aren't available digitally outside the u.s all because there was a metadata error from a previous distributor or oh. label but now due to the pandemic no one's in the office to help me correct these metadata oh, wow. I, I lost access to our band's youtube channel that has fifty thousand subscribers because there's no way to contact customer support at google slash youtube and so i don't have <laughs> access to any of that you know whereas i'm banging my head against the wall just trying to figure out the login and password to my own band's youtube channels to the point where i'm having to isn't that that crazy like how much these major and now i i love tech i i love major tech you know i have a samsung galaxy s20 cell phone i love it but on the other hand i think it's crazy how much power we're giving them i mean you have your platform that's for your music and you know that you have all your tens of thousands of fans that are subscribed to and you can't even get support to get into that to get more music videos out to them yeah. that's insane i think yeah and it's like all, all i need is for someone to say hey we need to verify your identity i'll send you a copy of my driver's license and mm -hmm. whatever you want but like let me access the channel that is my channel and i have to basically file copyright claims against myself because on my little small channel that I just started, I can't even put 12 Stone songs because they say I don't own the rights to the music. And I'm like, I do own the rights to this music. So I have to file a copyright wow. claim against myself just to get some kind of a response from a, a massive entity like YouTube. You know, it's like, man, all, all I'm trying to do is share my own music. And because I'm not on the official 12 Stones channel, it looks like I'm sharing... I'm like, I'm not, I'm not ripping myself off here. I just need someone <laughs> other than a computer algorithm to look at me and say, okay, I see your issue. Here's the quick fix. Here's how you reset a password. You know, you know, that's funny that you have had this pet peeve. So I will tell you, we were, I guess you can call it shadow band. I don't know what you want to call it for about four or five days uh, on YouTube. We couldn't even get Google ads or anything. We had issues the reason is because the video I did on the real estate market in the U.S., for whatever reason, it violated India, as in the country India, Indian election law. I don't advertise to India. I don't make my stuff specific out there. And 
it took me about six or seven reviews until finally a human said, hey, you know what? They're not advertising in India. They're actually okay. They're in the U.S. Right. Clear it. I mean, that is mind-boggling how that can happen. Yeah, it, it's, it just blows my mind, especially like with a company <laughs> as big as Google, who owns YouTube, obviously, and some of these companies. I know there's millions and millions of videos uploaded all the time. It would be nearly impossible to keep up with it. Right. So I understand you're not going to have a 1-800 number necessarily, but there's got to be some way to fact check it. And even on the forums I've read, it's like, if you don't know the password, it's game over. There's nothing that can be done. And I'm like, how? You're Google. Like, you are the internet. You, In my mind, mm -hmm. you know, the young generation mind, Google is, is the internet. So you're telling me, yeah. as the internet, you don't know how to get me into this. Like, that is clearly me in the videos you're seeing, you know. If you check the songwriter royalty <laughs> or the catalogs, it's my name listed. So how is it that I can't access something that I've taken 20 years to build, you know, and I'm uh, basically countering myself every time I release new music. It's like, oh, you can't put this out here. I'm like, Yeah, that that that's crazy. And it's weird because I think they do this stuff with good intentions. But I, I think it's like a, an engineering problem because what I do with my main job, Vision 33, it's kind of like a lot of times you realize that, hey, you know, we'll, we'll get a solution. And on paper, it looks great. But in real life, does that translate to working as good as we thought? And sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. I think this is clearly a case where on paper it looked good. In real life, it's actually backfiring on them. So real quick, before we end up wrapping up, some of the questions I wanted to ask, though, too, is, you know, when we're talking about the distribution with your physical merchandise, stuff like that, what type of issues do you have with that? I mean, what, what challenges have you had that you've had to figure out? Um, for me, with, with the merchandise, a lot of it has come down to uh, customer acquisition as much as, as the shipping and stuff. It's a lot of people will go to our socials and be like, I didn't even know you guys were still around. And there's only, you know, like if, if you're not following us on social media, right. Th then we're not on your radar. So it's hard for us to be like, we have, new, we're out. still alive. We have new stuff. You mm -hmm. know? And so that's been the hardest thing for me to fully comprehend is customer acquisition and learning how to get people's attention. Um, I, I work with a company here in Nashville that, that does everything from design, print, ship, all of the merchandise so mm -hmm. i've been fortunate enough with that that i don't have to individually but when it comes to like the handwritten lyrics i do i've sold well over a hundred of those and i personally handwrite them personalize them package them thank you note to the post office every single one I, i've taken care of myself a lot of now that's awesome a lot of international ones have been tricky because you know like i'll mail it and then a month later, they're like, hey, I haven't gotten it. The tracking number oh, is yeah. in New York. And I'm like, I put it in. Yeah. You know how that works? Because uh, so my wife's Peruvian and we send things internationally. We also buy some stuff from China every now and then. And what will happen is, is like if we're shipping from here, usually unless you're going with like a FedEx or a UPS where it'll be the same tracking number all the way through. It's like if someone sends us from, what is it, Air China or China Mail, whatever it's called, from there to the U.S., the tracking number they give me is going to be the China one. 
once it leaves like their jurisdiction to hit the US Postal Service, like that tracking number is pretty much, oh, it's it's delivered, it's with the Postal Service, and then it loses its tracking capability. Right. And it takes forever, man. Yeah, it, it's brutal to see. And then I feel bad because I get I have to put like in, I have to go ahead and give a warning when people order these because they're, they're not cheap. You know, I, I take pride in what I do. I try to make everyone mm -hmm. really good. And people are like, hey, man, it's been like six weeks since I ordered the Lyric. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, let me check on it. And I look and it's like, it just says like postage printed. And I'm like, printed? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it was in transit last week and now it just says that it's printed. So luckily I've had no, uh, no shows. They've all made it. You know, some have taken longer than others, but uh, you know, I, I'm figuring and that's out good. That's go. good. So let's, uh, we, we talked a little bit about everything here. Let's finish up with this one last final question. Uh, tell us, you know, give us a music fan story, a, a, a story that you love to tell, uh, tell our audience. Let's learn about your insight. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. There's so many. Like I said, I used to drink pretty hard. So there were some pretty, well, pretty if, uh, blurry moments in my. my give, give us one. Give us a blurry moment that involves friends then. Okay. Uh, well, as you mentioned before, blame shift, uh, you know, yeah, those are some of my really good buddies. And, uh, we did a tour together for several months and, uh, we did, we went on this one where they, they had, we had a bus and they had a little minivan that ran on vegetable oil. And we went to this camp KOA campground and we were playing, yeah. uh, cornhole and flip cup and every drinking game possible. And then we were parked next to a cornfield. So we all decided to go running through the cornfield hammered and uh, some of us got lost. Some of us ended up making it back. We were out there with flashlights. <laughs> it was like children of the corn. Literally. It was just, it was, yeah, I was about to say, this is, isn't this how like one of those movies started? How it felt, you know, it was like four in the morning standing in the middle of a cornfield and you don't, you know, you don't know which way you came from because you've been drinking for two days. Oh so, yeah. You know, it was definitely a surreal moment, but, I love those guys. And, you know, I, I've been, like I said, very fortunate to meet and uh, be a part of a lot of tours and shows with some of my, my biggest idols. I got to meet uh, Ozzy Osbourne. Obviously, he'll never yeah. remember this, but when we were making our first record, <laughs> I was sitting on the floor of a re rehearsal studio yeah. and working on lyrics for the first record. And there was another rehearsal studio next door to ours. And I hear this band, like, warming up. And I was like, man, they sound cool. And then I hear someone doing a cover of no more tears by Ozzy. And I'm like, okay, cool, man. They're actually doing a really great job of this. Like, you know, we were in LA. <laughs> I assumed it was a cover band, but then the song stopped mm -hmm. sitting across the hallway, legs out writing and the door swings open and Zach wild steps over me. And I'm just sitting there. Just, What's happening. And then it occurs to me that it wasn't a cover band that I was hearing. It was actually Ozzy getting ready. Yeah. To go out and do a Ozfest or whatever. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, then here comes Ozzy, just in Adidas track pants and a long jacket, and he just looks like he's hovering. His legs aren't moving. He looks like he's just <laughs> floating down the hallway. And I just all I remember is looking at him and just saying, "You guys sounded really great." And he was like, "Oh, thank you very much." You know, and he just. And then I got to go sit and talk to Zach Wild, and neither of them will ever remember this moment. But for me, being you know 19, 20 year old kid, yeah. being there when Ozzy you know, hovered over me. I just, mm -hmm. you know, can't forget those moments. Oh, that, that's gotta leave a, uh, an impression. Yeah. I was lucky enough. I haven't met Ozzy, but I have met Zach 
twice. Um, once back around, uh, probably around that same time for those Ozfest, and then once just at Nam. I think it was uh, maybe three years ago now. So great person both times I met him. So it was pretty, pretty cool. But anyways, Ben, hey, this has been amazing. Some really fun stories talking about business struggles, the pandemic, everything wrapped into one awesome show. How can people reach out to you at 12 Stones? Uh, we have our website, 12stones.com. Uh, there you can find everything from the merchandise, the music. Uh, we also are on social media, Facebook. Twitter, Instagram, all those things, all just 12 stones, one, two stones. And uh, yeah, I'm pretty much on there all day, every day. So if anybody wants to reach out and have a conversation, that's that's where to find me. I'm I'm uh, pretty, pretty available these days. Awesome. Hey, thank you so much for coming here. Looking forward. Once you get back up touring again, definitely we'll have you back from the road. Thank you again, Paul. My pleasure, man. Yeah, cheers. Wow. That was an incredible discussion with Paul, right? Such a humble dude. I loved it. How many of you were singing the wake me up from the Evanescent songs? I know I did. I've been doing it since the interview. I just had that stuck in my head. Probably doesn't help that I play the songs like a million times a day knowing that I just interviewed the wake me up dude. Seriously though, this was a great conversation that had a ton of inspiration and was a learning opportunity for everybody that was out there listening. As I said in the intro discussion, okay, everybody has a plan. They have a goal. They have some place they want to get to. And just to got to make sure that you just don't have those blinders on, okay? Opportunity presents itself in weird ways. And that's where you're able to see that the opportunities that, you know, they, they present themselves. And then you just have to make sure that you jump on those. Maybe they're non-traditional paths, but you got to make sure that you jump on those paths to success, wherever they are, however they come. In Paul's case, he won a Grammy. Yeah, a Grammy. And it was because he saw the opportunity and he ran with it. Again, the non-traditional path to success. But it worked out for him and his band. His band, 12 Stones, were able to ride off of his success of being a Grammy-winning artist. Another point of discussion that I wanted to point out was Seven Dust. All brought up Seven Dust, and I brought up Alice Cooper. Uh, both bands are the same story. They are at the top of their game, and they dedicate their time and careers in a way to help bring up newer, younger brands. They're helping to develop young talent. And this really just kind of goes back to our podcast the other week where we had Curtis Smith, and we were talking about developing high potentials and helping people grow. Seven Dust does that with bands. So don't be afraid to help people grow. Most times, you know, they're probably not even going to be a competitor of yours. I think, especially if you get into the sales area, people really hate trying to develop salespeople because they're like, no, if I develop him and he gets better than me, he'll be the top dog or she'll be the top dog. And, you know, they have that that fear 
But really, don't fear that. Most times, you know, they're not going to be your direct competitor. And if they do make it, it usually benefits you as well because it makes you more respected and it cements you as the expert you are if you help them achieve growth. There's enough sales to go around. So this was a great, fun video with some awesome conversation. What did you think? Today's discussion question is what non-traditional path have you taken? Leave a comment down below on YouTube. And yeah, let's hear about the non-traditional path you've taken for success. Want to be a guest in the show? Got a good business story? You want to tell about how your business pivoted during quarantine? You got something that you can help other people grow with? Shoot me an email, david at sharkbitebiz.com. I want to have every single one of our fans on the show. So shoot me an email. Let's get this conversation going and I'll make sure you get profiled on Shark Bite Biz. As always, if you love the content in this video, please make sure you subscribe to the channel. Smash that like button. And if you really, really, really want to help out, please share this inspirational video to your network. Let's get this video trending on LinkedIn. Once again, I'm David Strausser. This is Shark Bite Biz, and we'll see you again next episode. Ciao. Thank you for listening to Shark Bite Biz. We hope you got some insightful info from this podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us through your favorite podcast app and visit us on the web at www.sharkbitebiz.com. How has business changed for you in the 20s? Email us at podcast at sharkbitebiz.com so you can join us and share your story.